Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Corner Talks podcast. I have my friend here, talented filmmaker, producer, director, actor, Eric Tom J. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, dude, what's up? Nothing much, man. You know, it's been a while since we last spoke. Uh, How's everything going, man? A A lot has changed so far with lockdowns and restrictions. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. Um, it's going okay. I mean, it's weird times. Once again, we're back in the similar spot to where we were last year. You know, how are you doing? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, it's It's been kind of interesting, man. You know, production's uh, getting uh, canceled and then now it's delayed and you just got to like figure out, you know, when the next uh, time you can resume. Um, it's already hard enough before the pandemic or before these circumstances to get everybody on board, uh, you know, in, in the right uh, setting and just agreeing on a time. And I'm sure you can relate to all these things that I'm saying because it's just... Um, the pandemic didn't help, you know, and the, and this new, this third wave, uh, for those that know, uh, we live in Ontario and Canada and we're experiencing a third wave right now. And, you know, everyone's going through it. This is what I mean by everyone's getting affected. And it's kind of, I don't want to get trapped into a sense of complaining like, Oh, look at our lives, whatever. Um, because everybody's, you know, trying to, trying to figure it out, but, you know, as creative individuals, um, I just feel it's so imperative that we, we get out there eventually and we just express, uh, as much as we can uh, from what we learned from what we gained in the pandemic and just going forward just being in touch with that uh, a creative itch you know and scratching it what do, how, what are your feelings towards this what I was what I was saying about the, the need for for that uh, scratching the itch and creative expression I agree I think you have to you need to scratch that itch it's like it's something that you know all creatives you know it's like you need to create if you're creative, you know, that's sort of what drives you that sort of title as a, like a creative person, you know, that really is an essential part of your sort of your well being in your life, you know, and to not be able to sort of not be able to create or like sort of half create kind of, you know, like it's sort of, it's really disappointing right now, you know? Yeah, of course, man. Have any of your projects um, been delayed or, or canceled? Have you experienced any anything like that? I have, I have, yeah. So um, I was supposed to shoot uh, last weekend and okay. that was pushed indefinitely. Um, I was supposed to produce, I'm, well, I'm a producer on that. And right. then I was shooting sort of throughout the, the first part of April as an, I was in, as an actor. Okay. And, and then it sort of just got shut down like just a couple, a couple Any- like, just oh yeah a week ago yeah oh okay in the middle production or you guys were about to wrap up and it's just now it's like 95 90 percent done i'd say right right. you got to go back a couple things but i mean enough that you can sort of start editing it you know what i mean during the like oh okay good oh there's some material they can at least work with but yeah, if you're any, if you're OCD like myself, and I'm sure Eric can can admit to this, uh, you you rather have the whole project done. You 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 don't want to be editing, and then you're like, where's the, where's the the middle or the beginning or the ending of the project? Uh, we need that in order to continue, right? Because eventually they're gonna be done editing, and they got to figure out, you know, where where do we, how do we fill up that gap? And that's why <laughs> I wanted to ask you, like, what, what's going on with this project? Are you do you is there a date in mind, or like is it up in the air? No one knows what's happening dude it's up uh, most of these things are up in the air with the distribution right now because of yeah the festivals are so unclear about whether or not it's you know some of them one of the films that i'm working on is sort Mm -hmm. of going to go the like online festival route if things aren't open Mm -hmm. and that's a little bit clear because you know online festivals sort of they stick to their dates no matter what happens right you know right so even if we're in a lockdown they're still going to have an online film festival right but uh the the other film that I'm doing where they want to sort of like see if they can get it in a festival, you know, with people or like, you know, on some screens, you know, that's, that's, there's, we have no clue when there's no timeline for that. Right. Because we yeah. just really don't know when things are going to be back up. Are you trying to get, is it because you're trying to get it like an in-person screening? Like you want that authenticity of going to the movies and, you know, having de- deservedly so, right. Cause I've seen, you know, so far your content, I've seen what you put out and we've done podcasts before, you know, explaining about man versus food and long, long time. Exactly. Um, so I can only imagine, you know, the, 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 between the passion, the effort uh, being put into play and, you know, also considering all the people on board, right. Like the production crew, uh, the cast, uh, it's also rewarding for them uh, to have that experience. So 
Yeah. Is, is that something that you're, that, that kind of bothers you in a way where it's like, even if you have to go the online route, you're not, you're not too crazy about it. I'm not too crazy about the online route. Yeah. Online. Because the whole thing about the film festivals and putting your film into a sort like the mm -hmm. film festival circuit is like, is that that's where you make your network, right? You know, if you're an art director, and you did a great job doing an art directing on a film and you go to a film festival and you hand your card out to everyone and they see you did an incredible job. That's sort of how you, you compound your networking, you know, it's similar to the way we met at, you know, the exactly. Rainbow Festival, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly that. And my, my, my experience, my setback, uh, you know, you've seen beautiful, my short film that I made during the, uh, you know, okay. in the midst of the pandemic. Thank you. Yeah. It's uh, but it's, it's a mini one, right? It's, it's, it's about a minute or two, but still has a story for those of you that, um, you know, think that you need to tell five, 20 minute uh, feature film length uh, stories can be told in any amount of time. Um, it just depends how creative you are and how ambitious you are to make that story happen. And what I'm trying to get at is with this film, I'm very honored. I'm very grateful that it's been getting festival attention. Um, I call it a world tour because festivals have been emailing me uh, from Italy, from New York, from Tokyo, from South Korea. And like I said, it's, it's a huge honor, but there's a part of me that it's like, I'm not going to fly to South Korea, but the one in LA, for example, that was the first festival they reached out. They were in LA, California, Los Angeles, and I ended up winning an honorable mention. And I'm saying to myself, you know, if things were normal, I could see myself flying out for the weekend, you know, watching the movie, talking to people in the industry, that's the perfect place. Absolutely. And I couldn't do that because it was online. And, you know, that just, it, it always kind of bugged me in a way. Obviously, it's not the festival's fault. It's not really anyone's fault. Uh, it's the virus's fault. <laughs> but the virus isn't a person. Can't blame him uh, or her or whatever. The, what am I talking about? But the virus, uh, you, you know, it, it just, it is what it is. It's, it's the circumstances we're in. That's what I was saying at the beginning of the conversation is you have to just kind of go with it. Right, man? Yeah, um, and you sort of owe it to everyone, dude. Like, that's the way, the way I think about yeah. it, too. Like when I first started off, I was sort of like, ah, oh, do I want to show this or do I not want to show this or like this or this until my film started to get better at the start, you know? And exactly. now it's like you owe it to all those people who work so hard on it to get it out to as many people as possible because it helps everyone, you know? hundred so percent, man. Yeah. And, and like you said, that's the platform. It's so essential. And that's why I love talking to you is because um, you're very real. Like when we first uh, spoke, you weren't like, you know, those artsy guys, you know, oh, I just want to make movies and whatever. You understood that you're very aware there's a business side to it and you have to have an acumen. You have to understand that as much as we want to be creative, as much as we want to be artistic, uh, you have to draw the line. There's budgets involved. There, there needs to be a profit in some circumstances. There's need to be funding. How do you get the funding? Um, so I respected that because it's true. It's the reality. And, you know, I, we learn off each other and I, and that's something I learned from you from the beginning is, you know, keep that in mind and keep, take that serious. So what I'm trying to get at is, you know, with the rest of the festivals, uh, I can understand why networking would be such an asset. Um, it, it's served uh, both of us, you know, at rain dance, uh, I would have never have met you. Uh, maybe we would have, we would have crossed paths at a festival in Toronto perhaps, but that's all speculation. We don't know what could have happened. So I'm very grateful for that experience, but if we don't get back to the same way things were before, like normal, we could ultimately suffer as creatives, you know, and that's something that I, I dread. I don't want to be too pessimistic on this conversation, but uh, these are important matters. These are, these are, these are something that, that, that kind of just the uncertain times kind of bother me at night. Like we're, for example, that production, I was explaining earlier that, you know, I was uh, trying to do, um, yeah. obviously so it was canceled. So you were, yeah, you were thank going you, yeah. to production, right? On a film. Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, so I was going into production on a film um, and the new restrictions came in, um, you know, with that whole crap about pulling over, uh, you know, where are you going? If, if well, they want to know if you're an essential person. Uh, well, how long before shooting was that, that those restrictions came in for you? Yeah, so we were, we were ready to go. So you know how production works, right? And I was a co-producer on this as well, not only a director and a cinematographer. So uh, there was a lot on my plate. But, until, but going into production, uh, this happened literally about a day or two before. Hmm. And it was something that we just had to quickly uh, think on our feet and say, listen, I want to do, as much as I want to do this, right? I was looking out for the team. And so was my co-producer we need to also look out for everyone else involved. Last thing we want is for them to get in trouble, for them to get fined. Not that they would, I don't think it would be that bad. But again, when Ford made that announcement, we didn't know what to expect. Uh, the media industries is considered essential in Ontario for those that don't know. However, 
we're living in unpredictable times. We're living in times where people are getting pulled over. People are getting fined for just get, grabbing some fresh air. And I see it all the time. And again, I had to me and my co-producer, we made that executive decision, like for the sake of everyone's safety um, and with these new restrictions, let's just like hold off. What bothered me though, is that the next day, you know, Ford went back on his restrictions and started saying, you know, we shouldn't have implemented them. I apologize. You know, kids can go to playgrounds and that's fine. Again, like everyone's all over the place, but what bothers me is he went back on his word because not only does that take away his credibility, but it pisses a lot of people off quite frankly. And it pisses a lot of people that are in situations like ourselves where we're waiting this whole time. We understand how much time, effort, energy it takes. Like I said, even before the pandemic, just to get people on board to agree on a time and date and have them, you know, sign a retainer or just sign a non-disclosure agreement, just have everything work out on that day. And then, like I said, he made that announcement and it bothers me because I'm saying to myself, you know, if you're going to make a decision, make a decision and stand by it. Don't apologize the next day because what happens is that threw threw everyone off. It made everyone feel like, oh, like we, did we cancel it too soon? Right. So I guess as a co-producer and as a director, I should say, you learn to be a leader and you kind of comfort people and say, listen, these are unpredictable, unprecedented times, I should say. And these are times that we need to kind of wrap our heads around and, you know, do what was, do what is right. And also that serves uh, the safety of everyone else, right? We can't just rush into it. And I'm a firm believer that when it comes to like anything creative or art, I'm I'm the kind of guy saying you can't rush art. Like, I believe that you can't like just do it for the sake of doing it. And you and I both know, like when you go on a set, if that person can't do it or that person can't make it, you can't find, like if that person, for example, is a sound, right? You can't just, you know, pick someone else off the street. If you had a sound guy that could do it, but he changed date because of emergency, whatever reason, and you really need that sound guy. I'm the kind of guy where it's like, let's work, let's figure out what he needs or work around that. Because I think it's so important that uh, you don't do it just to do it for the sake of doing it. So on that note, I just wanted to say like, you know, restrictions, I wasn't too crazy about. Uh, I wish it was handled much better. I'm sure the whole province can agree, but what are you going to do? So you guys were how when so when Ford set in the restrictions, were you guys like you guys were ready to go? You just said you had yeah. down and all that. So like, how long did it take for you guys to pull the plug? Was it like oh right away? I guess we can't do it, or was there sort of debate? Like walk me through like how that. Yeah. Went. Okay. So yeah, I'll give you some detail actually. Yeah. So basically, what happened was, uh, we were planning this around late mid mid to late March, right? And then so what it is is we were trying to. Uh, get this production going. We were securing gaffers, makeup artists, and things like that. And you know, the only thing that was missing, the most critical thing, <laughs> was the sound guy. Um, and luckily for me, I had a contact from my previous project, uh, and we secured it. The basically, I would say, the week before shooting. So we 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 were really fortunate that way. But when the pandemic, uh, when the third wave was announced and the the first initial knockdown lockdown restrictions, I had to um, kind of bring it up you know, be that guy like, Hey, did you hear the lockdown here? What's going on? And, you know, again, my co-producer uh, was very understanding, but at the same time, you know, we secured the location, we secured the, the people and we, we wanted to do it, but we agreed we would have safety protocols, COVID protocols. So we developed right. the screening form, right. we grabbed the screening form. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, you know, hand sanitizers on site. I, I was going to bring those and masks and things like that. So just following protocols and credit to you as well. When, when I, uh, reached out to you because you've always been a good friend that way saying if you ever need uh, someone in, you know to help you out on set that was the first when you replied back saying oh, what are the safety measures of the COVID it, I haven't been on a set in like probably close to a year uh, that I forgot that there's there's now even more uh, of a protocol you need to follow um, as opposed to like when when it was a summer in cases where like 100 or 200 a day yeah. and we were also shooting outside but what I'm saying is that that's what it uh, what well, that's the benefit of, of knowing someone that is in the business. Right. So when I had, when I heard that I, I developed the screening form and, and did all those safety protocols, but again, we weren't going to cancel. We weren't going to delay it because in my heart, I wanted to do it. I wanted to, I didn't want to put it off also because I have other projects that I want to commit. I have committed to, and, and that pushes everything forward. Right. So it's kind of like, let's just right. kill it. Let's just do it. Right. right. Another week goes by. Right now we're approaching two weeks before production. 
or a week before, um, roughly around that time. And then the cases start now, now they're really like increasing. Now it's like three, 4,000. And I was like, now they're saying projections like 18,000 a day by the end of May, May. And, right. you know, I, I, I struggle with this pandemic in a way because uh, I'm not uh, living on my own. Uh, I'm currently with my family. So right. I have to keep that in mind. Right. And it's a very, it's something that I have to discuss with people. Like at first, like friends didn't really understand. And I had to put my foot down and say, no, you don't understand. Like my, mo- my mother, like she has pre-existing medical conditions and I can't afford, even her doctor told, told uh, us just recently, like you should be going to work and coming home. You shouldn't even be going to work, but the fact that you have to go to work is because she's an essential worker. Mm-hmm. Um, like her immune system, like would be compromised and we can't afford that. And I don't want to be responsible for that. So that's what I'm saying is all these different things were playing in my head as much as I wanted to do it. I wanted, I also wanted to take that into consideration, but nevertheless, I still said, don't worry about it. I'm just going to double mask it, you know, follow protocols, whatever. Yeah. And what happened was, is that eventually, you know, everything's, you know, the ball's rolling. We got everything on board uh, again, thanks to the co-producer, my co-producer, and then we reach, uh, we reach Friday and then they say uh, these announcements and he announced it what at fr- on like four o'clock and I was, you know, I heard it, but I didn't really react to it because I said, you know, I'm pr- not far from the location. Uh, I'm not worried about a cop. Media industries are essential. Yeah. Um, we have the paperwork. We even had the paperwork for the location uh, being essential. Right. So everything was in the bag. So we were like, okay. And then what it was is that, you know, my co-producer, when he gave me that call, um, this wasn't until late at night, probably like eight or nine, a few hours later, I should say. Yeah. That's when it was like, okay, now now we have to have a conversation because, um, again, that scare, right? They He was saying things like, they're going to pull you over. And if you're with someone that doesn't have the same license, uh, you know, you'll be charged 750, 800. And I feel for those people because a lot of the people that I collaborate with, I'm sure you know as well, um, they don't have that uh, opportunity to be at home. Maybe they're paying rent, you know, maybe they're, they have a, a bunch of finances to pay for. Right. So I, again, this is what I mean by being empathetic. Um, when you're a director, when you're a co-producer, you have, you, you should respect your, your crew cast and crew and what their concerns are. Right. And when we had that conversation, we just kind of decided, um, you know, let's just, uh, like call it off and and see where how it resumes and i just wanted to add that you know as time passed um i still wanted to postpone like i'm aiming for like june like closer to the summer and the reason being is because it's unpredictable i don't know between the cases and between these restrictions like they've already proven that there's just way there's there's a lack of lack of certainty like you have no idea what's happening Right. Um, so to be safe, what I'm saying is instead of booking it like the following week or next week okay. in yeah. two weeks, you know what I mean, man? It's like, I want to, let's book it in a month or two and then see like what happens. Cause I still don't know. I can't even pinpoint what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I want to know for, yeah. And I want to know from yourself, like, is that a similar story? Like what happened with you with this production that you were acting in specifically? Cause I remember you were talking about how it was like a feature film and it was like a month you had to pretty much show up every day. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, it was, that was, that was, we, we were, we got through that pretty much. And it would just sort of the, the Ford stuff hit right at the end, to be honest with you. The, that one wasn't too bad. We sort of got through a good chunk of that before the ending. Things got crazy. The yeah. film that I was producing got, it's a similar situation to your film, man. Like yeah. it's, we're going to push it and we're not going to push it like a couple weeks. It's going to be like a, like a, you know, sometime in June, maybe or like, you know what I mean? Like six, yeah. eight weeks, like something like that. And it's sort of pushed sort of indefinitely until we get a better, like a better handle on the COVID situation. Cause like, it doesn't seem like we have a handle on it. And it also seems like we have no idea which way this is going to go. So it's hard to yeah. make plans right now, you know? So it's like, and you don't want to rush it, right? Yeah. Like you want to, you want to, yeah. You don't want to jump into something and like be like, yeah. and you also don't want to make plans again, you know, like, and then, have to like dismantle for a second time which is like completely demoralizing it's already sort of momentum crushing when you have to put it down the first time 100 100 yeah so it's like it's like what are you gonna do right and and but but what i wanted to know like was it an abrupt stop 
with with these kind of productions or was it kind of gradual like you saw it coming and it was it was it a mutual agreement or was it one of those like people were just kind of falling it falling out yeah man it was, i mean it was uh it was not an abrupt start a stop to be honest with you mm-hmm. not until it sort of was like we were really keeping an eye on it and it sort of the shooting schedule started to get more and more condensed it was like if we can shoot more you know like we like we we sort of saw it coming but yeah. there was like a hard like okay ford put it in we're done you know what i mean like okay it's coming it's coming it's coming it's coming let's shoot more shoot more as much as we can you know yeah yeah and then it was sort of like okay it seems like now we have to sort of stop you know very similar very similar to 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 my story it's like i was throwing i was planting the seeds as i like to say uh you know we're not we're in a third wave okay we're in a lockdown now okay cases are rising (laughs) and then when he said that announcement i was just like I didn't even say anything. I, it, I was the opposite, actually. I was just like, you know what? Let's just go in full force. I was ready to double mask it, whatever. And that's what I mean by like, it was the turns, tables return. And the, I, I heard, you know, concerns about the, the, the fines and the cops being pulled over. And I just thought that was poorly handled. I thought that was bullshit. And, you know, I, again, if you're going to make that announcement, that's fine, but stick by it. Don't the next day insult everybody, insult the people that, are trying their best to make a living or trying their best to just fucking keep sane, man, for God's sakes. And, and say I, it was a mistake to make that. Like why you, you threw off so many productions um, and so many other matters that are more serious. Uh, let's be honest. So yeah, that's just my little um, distruster, but uh, you know, what are you going to do? Like I said, man, there's, there's more serious things. And, and the good news is, is that we live another day. And we have the opportunity to still pursue our passions and it's never over until we say it's over. And that's kind of like my attitude going forward. Yeah. I mean, we're in an incredibly privileged position to be able 100%. to, to be able to postpone these things, you know, like you don't have a, like a loan down, you know, for the film you haven't, yeah. you know, you don't have to, you don't have a drop dead payment date you have to make, you know, you, you haven't put a ton of money down, you know, 100%. on like stuff you know you make you don't have production insurance you know like a film gets put if you're doing a big movie and it gets pushed and you got production insurance that's a that's a producer's nightmare man are you kidding me like oh yeah that's why tom cruise had a panic attack right literally like the guy (laughs) producer tom cruise in that you know you, you don't hear like it's like the producer in him like really starting to freak out a bit you know like so I laugh yeah. because when that when that incident happened, uh, I don't know too many producers. Like we're all producers in the sense that we're, you know, aspiring. We're trying to get make it, so we have to kind of take on the role. Right. Um, but what I'm saying is, like someone like yourself that actually has been on sets or been on films where you're the producer, like the sole producer. Credit right. to your hat, yeah. right? So what I'm saying is that yeah, right. Love the hat. This guy literally wears all hats on set. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what happened with Tom Cruise? Uh, you know, I was laughing with some buddies, some actors, directors, and it's kind of interesting in a way because you get a different insight on their perspective. And you know, the yeah. actors are like, "Oh, they're being too. He's being too tough." And he's, uh, you know, just, just tell me once. You don't have to tell me again. Like, you don't have to like make a scene. And the directors are like, you know, but if people aren't aren't uh, following protocols, like I can see why he's like that. And then you ask the producer, someone like yourself, that's what I was dying to ask you. And you're like, yeah, I could see it happening. <laughs> and I knew in your eyes, I knew from that response, I'm like, he probably was like, yeah, for Tom Cruise to react like that, I only can imagine like what kind of a nightmare is going on. Because he said it in that tape, man, right? When he went on that rant about being a producer and he was like, you know, people, you're, you guys are fortunate, you guys are lucky to be in the working and there's people like that that wish they had this job. And he understands like the the dire situation that the studio and pretty much Hollywood is in right now, you know, things getting shut down left and right. Can't film here. Can't film there. Look, like I, I, I heard that and I totally was like, all right, like you can't like, look at that's a, that's a huge movie. You know, those, that's yeah, two movies yeah. together. That's like a, you know, $250 million tentpole film. That's gonna have, that's got moved several times now. That's now had to do the COVID protocols that's like you know now you now and like he's got to put millions of dollars worth of covid stuff that they all have to try and follow and if they don't follow it they're screwed because they get shut down there you know a lot of people think films are like paid for by the studio but the studio doesn't have the capital to pay for a movie so there's a loan on a film which means return needs to happen you know if there's product placement in the film that has a deadline to it you know like of course yeah so 
they got to get this thing done and they lose like the clock is ticking on a, on a big film like that. You know, minutes are money, man. Like every hour, you know, every minute, every hour, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're losing money so quickly. It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And I totally get it, man. Like, you know, I hear him, the guy whose movies being, you know, pushed, being screwed with, and they put in all these protocols and he's just trying to finish the movie and make everybody safe and not get in trouble and not get anybody sick. And these people can't even do the due diligence to follow yeah. the most basic protocols. Or and give the respect. So fun, yeah, you know? Exactly. Give the respect uh, of, you know, the, the, the set and your fellow crew and the people that are, are concerned, because let's be honest, this pandemic has proven there are those that believe in it. There are those that don't, there are those that are overly concerned. And if you're a decent human being, my whole thing is, you know, put on a mask, you know, go inside, take it off when you're outside. That's understandable. And that's it. Like follow the rules. Like, I don't understand why everyone feels the need to be special or feel like they are special. You're not. The universe doesn't care about you. Wear the mask and that's it. You know what I mean? Like we're all in this together as cheesy as, or as many times as you've heard it. And that's just my attitude to where, and I get, I get firm about it because I'm saying like, you see these videos all the time. I don't, you, you know, you can't tell me to wear a mask. It's my freedom. I'm like, they're not telling you to wear a mask always. They're telling you to wear a mask in their private business that they're serving to customers that they have to make money to pay off a mortgage, to pay off a lease, to pay off, you know, a loan, like you were saying. And it's like, I just don't understand why there's so much lack of empathy and, you know, not to go off tangent, but that's just kind of like my opinion of the whole matter is, you know, I get it. We're in times that we never predicted. We're in times that, you know, we would never thought we would experience ever in our lifetime because we had it good. We were the privileged generation, you know, but now we're taking it overboard where we're not really understanding uh, that people are dying. You know, just the other day I heard a 13 year old girl die and I just, my heart, my heart, like, you know, I, I felt for her because I'm saying to myself, like, I have a bad day or I have like moments and situations where I say to him, like I'm 26 uh, and I have my hopes and dreams and I say it countless times on this podcast Eric knows it about you know being a, like a Tarantino and whatever and I'm saying to myself you know what, what were her hopes and dreams you know like what, what, what did she want to do what did she even what did she have yet to discover and it, I just it just breaks my heart because I say to myself you know if we just took it a little bit more serious I don't know if that life could have been saved so that's just uh, my opinion about it yeah it's uh it's crazy time man and uh you know what are your thoughts on this whole thing the whole thing about the mask and stuff yeah man i mean you gotta you gotta wear your mask like it's a the the interesting thing about this is it takes a communal a communal effort to curb this which is such an interesting thing that doesn't happen very often you know global threats are not usually well actually who am i to say but like you know when is the last time you faced a a global communal threat you know like they only come yeah. along every once in a while you know for sure and, you know people need to do their part you know and it's it's like a courtesy thing i see it as a courtesy thing yeah 100 like, and, that, and that's like, what i mean sorry go ahead man no it's just like the mask i always sort of used to be like why would you wear a mask like it doesn't make sense like before the pandemic of course yeah and then when the pandemic happened obviously you wore a mask and and i like when i learned that like the mask is less about you and it's more about like you not spreading things to other people yeah and it's less about saving you and more about like you you know it takes both sides for it to be effective right you know like if you're putting on a mask to stop people catching what you have you need the other person to wear a mask so you don't catch what they have too and it takes you need both sides for that equation to work right and there's so much added stress for no reason all because of ego right? Let's be honest. You know, the fact that, you know, why do I have to wear a mask and this and that? And it's like, there's just so much wasted energy, in my opinion. Like you said, it's a courtesy thing. And you don't know like how, how much you're affecting someone else's life, or maybe, you know, you don't know their situation. Like what if they have a relative at home that's, you know, sick already, and they can't really afford, you don't know if you're carrying it. Cause that whole asymptomatic situation, like freaked me the hell out. But I could, when I heard that, actually, that's when I started buying into the mask. Cause I said to myself, you know, why would you wear a mask? If you're not sick or if you don't have symptoms, like what, what's the, I don't get it. Like we're just wearing masks now. And then when I heard about the whole asymptomatic, I was like, okay, that's scary. Cause Idris Elba, actually speaking of actors, uh, he was one of the first to like post on his Instagram. I remember or he did a video and he said, you know um, it's true. You could be asymptomatic. I just got tested, you know, COVID positive and I feel fine. Like he was healthy as a horse and he was just, you know, giving this speech. And I'm just saying like asymptomatic is, is true, man. Like it, it exists. So, 
anyway, but enough about that. You know, it's it's kind of like it's been talked to the, to death, and everybody I'm sure is tired of it. But uh, you know, those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts on you know how how things are, and and I just feel like I get it. We're all tired, but we're in this situation, and we're in this situation together, whether you like it or not. Um, and if you're really paying attention closely, uh, there's going to be another pandemic, and they say it's going to be very soon uh, for how we're treating the earth. So <laughs> I'm just saying is like you know, sometimes the truth hurts, you know, uh, but we just got to be aware and prepared. Oof. Well, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know, I know. It's a heavy, it's a heavy, it's a heavy <laughs> stuff. Heavy man, it's heavy. I know, stuff. I know. But it, but it's just, no, it's just something that like I just hear. I, I had to get it off my chest. I just hear it a lot, and you know, it's not to be pessimistic, but at the end of the day, man, it's just they're, they're real things, man. Like we just have to take into consideration. And back to the Tom Cruise thing, I just want to say one last thing. You know, whether you don't have to be a, in finance, you don't have to be a creative, you don't have to be a director. It's kind of like just understanding that situation like i understand being uh in a, in a moment where you you're trying your best to make something happen you're putting all your effort in and like you said you know my, time is money and we see it we experience it ourselves where you want everything to work out and things obviously don't work out so you have to adjust and whatever but if you can prevent it if things are avoidable you know what i mean about like you said doing the due diligence yeah then you should follow through right but yeah. You know, yeah, man. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Man, yeah. Anyway, I want to get into, uh, you know, about artists, um, you know, especially with this pandemic and everything, like it's uncertain times and, you know, a big thing, a big question that we kind of go through is the ability to stay relevant and creative, you know, while we're forced in isolation, that's something yeah. that's been pondering on my mind and same, same, you know, I'm sure for you yourself, I can only imagine. Right. Um, but I want to know, like, how do you intend to stay intend to stay creative until like productions resume, like during this kind of awkward time? Yeah, it's it's a really hard thing, you know. I really, I really like it's a struggle for everyone, you know, and it's mm -hmm. a struggle for me too. And I think like I, it's very challenging for me because I, I'm a very sort of deadline oriented person, you know, like the structure of my life is like is deadlines you know like yeah. if i know i got a shoot in six weeks my hustle is on right you know like yeah, yeah. of course you know like my trip like you know i'm i'm doing i'm doing everything i need to do i'm in rehearsal i'm you know if i'm training for a movie i'm you know hitting the gym you know eating healthy you know like if i'm directing you know i'm storyboard like i'm all in i just yep. need a deadline right yeah without a deadline it's like how do you where do you put focus your energy when you have no idea like it's like this whole different idea of like prolonged, prolonged focus. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, for me, it's like, I do like a six week, like intense, you know, yeah, thing. Yeah. I like get super intense about it. And then I crash when I'm done. Right. You know, and this is sort of asking you to sort of like do a bit every day and just be consistent and you don't know, but you'll be ready when it does. You know what I <laughs> nothing mean? Nothing to work like, towards. Yeah. Nothing right. to work towards. Yeah. You make an actually an interesting point, like very valid point, actually. Uh, as much as, I want to just kind of uh, debunk a myth about creatives is yeah. we're not all, you know, just kind of free spirited, uh, take life as it comes and whatever. Uh, that's why we and I click is because we're very similar that way is we're very creative. Uh, we we're artistic at heart. We love movies to death, but right. we're very structured. We're very organized and we're strategic. We take risks, but there's some calculation behind it. We don't know what's going to be. It's not going to be guaranteed, but we put in the, we put, we, we prepare, right. We don't just show up. And you, you said a very good point about that is cause I've been thinking about this too, where, you know, you see me with this podcast, the vlogs, um, my artworks, I just try my best to stay creative, right. With these, the, these outlets. But at the end of the day, man, when that production got canceled on me, I'll be honest, I was going into a lull again, or that COVID, I call it COVID fatigue, where it's like, what am I working towards? Right. Like, what yeah. is this? You know what I mean? Exactly. Like when I was working towards the production, yeah, I was nervous because right. like, I didn't know what was happening, what was coming next. But I was, there was a part of me that was like, okay, I'm back. Like, I feel good. Like we're working towards this, you know, we're going to do it, whatever. And then when it just got pulled from me, it was a sign. It, it was a bit of relief in the sense that it's like, okay, I'm safe, whatever. But then when I found out all the, the nonsense with the restrictions, you know, they shouldn't have done this and they took them back. I said, what's happening? Like, 
what are we in this like what are we in this for anymore like what, what's ha- like how how is it if they're not taking it serious how am i supposed to take it serious you know what i mean and yeah. now we're in a now we're in a predicament uh like you said yourself where you kind of don't know how to you're trying to stay creative like i know you write is that it are you still continuing writing both kind of journaling and creative yeah man i mean it, it's the structure you know it's like trying yeah. structure you know i know you're a structured guy you know we have yeah, these- yeah we do these, the, the zoom, you know, uh, podcast things, you know, every time you send me a time and it's, it's like, we hit exactly that time. And it's for like, it's, it's really structured. Right. Cause that's how we both yeah. sort of like, like to think like that. Right. And it's, and- it's about the structure, I guess. Like, that's what I'm trying is just to keep some form of like, you know, regime, like, you know, you like, you, you know, you know, you got this at this time and this at this time, and you got to do this and you just, you got to keep sort of moving, you know? Like a routine, a big thing yeah. for me is the gym to be quite honest with you i know it sounds oh, okay, like a cool. bit counterintuitive yeah yeah film stuff right but like yeah tell me about it you know like i was training for that you know that film and all that and like i find like you know getting up and going you know you know i built a bit of a gym in my garage right and it's like nice just trying to train every day with the goal in mind of being being better yeah you know what i mean of course <clears throat> something to work towards exactly well, yeah. And the idea that like when the time comes to present this on the camera for something else. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. The payoff. You're, you're looking, you're working towards this payoff, that the, the, some sort of reward, uh, delayed gratification whenever it would come. But it's kind of like you're not just working out, like work out for your health. I know, I know like pretty active guy, but I know you, the amount of stress you put on yourself, like to, to eat a certain way and, and work out um since we we spoke back in uh, october 2020 yeah. we first spoke i i was on my own uh, path you were gaining weight i was losing weight absolutely and um what i'm just saying is like i can i i i can understand exactly what you mean is you're doing this for the role you know no one wants to like not eat california sandwiches you know what i mean right. like you want to you want to just indulge and splurge but you can't cuz you're doing this for a role but if that role gets taken away or that production right because of a random restriction you know what is the point of course you're going to be in in a situation where you feel like crap i just keep trying to think like you know i'm just like i'm gonna work to be better you know if i keep getting better i don't know when i'm gonna get a chance to present it but when the time comes i will be ready you know what i mean like and like that's sort of what i try and hold on to it's the same thing with the films and whatnot you know like trying to you know with these productions just trying to make sure things are in order and it's like the idea that I don't know when I'm going to do this, but like, I sure as hell, I'm going to be prepared when it's time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, then and that's the best we could do. Yeah. Just wanted what to, to throw that in. Yeah. What do you think? Like, what are you doing? I know you're doing the podcast and all that. Like, are you writing again? Are you working on other stuff? Like, what do you, where's your head at? Yeah. So i um, glad you asked. So basically, uh, like I said, the podcast is probably one of my favorite things to do. Uh, not only do I get to, you know, have some human contact, uh, but I get to ca- catch up with my friends and, uh, you know, it's a great form of networking as well with other creatives, uh, right. made a lot of new friends, but at the same time, uh, for my own kind of personal projects, I've been doing a lot more journaling, uh, to enhance my writing and reading. Um, you know, I always, I'm a writer at heart, a storyteller at heart, uh, before I touched the camera, I was always writing. So I, I think it's something that I need to develop and constantly keep at keep right. building upon yeah um so i take it very serious like writing and reading and i, ha- I have a sense of pride um in, in coming across like articulate or just hearing like someone speak eloquently right um you know like watching the social network the other night with my family I, like there's something about like it just turns me on like the way the, the way the characters speak like the dialogue like i am the kind of guy where i rather it sound better you know what i mean like the 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 the, the writing i rather the writing be like at the that's why I say story number one, and then the sound can come second. Like the, the writing is so uh, amazing. The director obviously has to execute it and serve justice to that writing, but I, I, I just, uh, I'm such a fast, uh, a fanatic when it comes to that. That's why I love Tarantino, right? He considers himself a writer, not even a director. He says, I'm a writer first. So yeah. that's something that I work towards is, is I'm always trying to enhance my writing. And I'm fortunate enough uh, because I'm actually uh, developing a project right now with a friend um and we're just going through the basics and yeah i like today for instance i was just um before our bi-weekly call i'm I'm like okay like i'm gonna figure out the notes and you know go through the characters and i really proud of myself in a way i'll I'll be honest i know a lot of people aren't 
you know, audacious enough to say that, but uh, I don't care. Like I, I really have come a long way with my writing and that um, I'm treating it like a Tarantino where I can understand why he um, writes like everything, like where the character was born, where, you know, why, what parents they had, what was the upbringing like, because you, you just really f- feel the character. Uh, I, I like using that word a lot. Like, do you feel it? <laughs> when I talk to Eric, I'm like, when you make, when you uh, compose that score, when you put that in the film, do you feel the music in order to? Are you a music guy? Like, I'm a music play, guy. Do you man. Play instruments or anything? I don't. I don't play instruments. Something I regret. I, it's not too late. I guess I could pick it up, but I wish I would have picked it up when I was a child, like a guitar or something. But I'm the kind of guy, man. Again, not to blow smoke up my own ass, but uh, you know, music. Yeah. Like I scored like my whole the whole short film last uh, year. And I was pretty like even even the crew I was working with, like the the creators of it uh, that hired me on it, were blown away because they thought we were it was gonna be like a collaborative kind of thing. Like I'll I'll pick the music and then they bring a friend to do other pieces. And I'm all the all the pieces of score that that I chose for every scene, only one of them uh, was tweaked. Uh, they they approved of and couldn't be more happy. So. I definitely like would say I have like an ear for music. I can under I I, I see where it fits with the scene, right? And um, yeah, that that's just something that like back to what you were saying, like you were asking me about music. Uh, I, I don't play an instrument. I don't sing. I don't dance. But uh, I know what music will fit. I'm not always right. It's, it's subjective, you know. Listen to my sister. You know, why'd you pick that song? It sounds corny. <laughs> it sounds like yeah, you know, daunting. But I I pick off the majority of people that that listen to it. And I always yeah. get pretty much of a good feedback, a positive feedback. Even yourself, you've been really kind, uh, you know, t- telling me like with Beautiful, for example, like the score, um, yeah. you know, like you, 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 you thought it picked. And that's my, my mission, right? Like when it comes to that uh, as a filmmaker is it's synonymous. There's so many songs that I'll listen to. Like my dad will show me from the 80s or, you know, 70s, right. yeah. whatever he grew up on. And I'll actually pick out the scene in the movie. I heard it. I won't, I don't know who sang it. I don't know the name of the song. Right. All I know is that the scene from that movie and I, and I say it to my parents and they're like, holy crap, like that's so good. Cause they, they don't expect me to know that song. They're like, how do you know this song it came out in like the seventies? Like they expect, you know, millennial who doesn't care about those songs. Right. But no, 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 no. That was, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> that was in Clockwork Orange or that was in uh, Iron right. Man, this scene, or that was in, you know, social network at this ending. Right. Like the Beatles song. Right. Uh, right. you know, the ending of the Beatles, like that, you can't always get what you want. You know what I mean? That's a not to me. When I hear that song, I always immediately think of like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, leaning back in his chair, waiting for a girl that he likes to, you know, confirm his, uh, Facebook request to be friends. Like that's just where my mind goes. Um, so that's how I kind of like break down music and I kind of go fi- kind of, kind of, uh, figure it out for myself. And, uh, you know, not to go off tangent, because I know I was talking about being creative, but I guess that's my way of being creative. If you want to talk about music is uh, just been going through uh, scores, just been uh, kind of going through playlists, um, you know, on YouTube, uh, you know, artists. I've been lately getting into uh, Billie Eilish. I think she has a really cool uh, vibe to her. Never was a fan before, I'll be honest. What do you think uh, of the James Bond song? Yeah, James Bond song killed it. I was just telling my family today, um, you know, with the whole Phineas, uh, Billie kind of, you know, bot, like, team they got there uh don't be surprised uh either he will or someone will tap him on the shoulder and do and he'll compose an entire film score uh yeah. for a movie because i i feel like he has such a an acute um uh like detection for sound like he knows exactly how, how to how to execute it and they're cool vibes it's just it was very beautiful like some of the i i, I listened to her lyrics but i also listened to the, the music that's constructed. And I know now that it's by Phineas, uh, him and his Logic Pro. Uh, yeah. And I watched like the documentary, for instance, uh, The World's a Little Blurry on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, great documentary, man. Highly recommend it. I don't know if you watched it or anyone that hasn't watched it. Just raw filmmaking. You know, it's none of that. They're talking in the camera saying, you know, I always thought um, I was a fan of Justin Bieber. It's like, no, it's, it's just inner house planted cameras. Uh, you just see her like, you know, get emotional. You see the brother, how he com- breaks down his songs, how he communicates it with his sister, how he convinces her, you know, what's a good song for the album. Right. Um, so that's what I've been do- kind of doing, I guess, creatively. And, uh, you know, just kind of uh, looking at all facets, right? Like just whether it's reading, whether it's writing, whether it's documentaries, um, 
I'm just trying to find, I guess, all my re- use all utilize all my resources um, right. as best as I can, right? To be, to, to stay inspired, stay creative, right, man? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So it's it's a difficult time, and I'll be honest, because as creatives, we don't. It's already difficult, I should say, from the beginning. Like we don't know if if this path is guaranteed. You know what I mean? Or how? Or as someone on the podcast once said, "How do you define making it? Like, what does that mean to you?" Right. Because yeah. it was the first time she kind of like. I, I said, you know, that's when you know you made it. And she's like, well, what do you, what do you mean by making it? Because that could be different for everyone else. And I never, like in my head or my friends, I always imagine making it like you're famous, you're rich, you're, you're doing what you love. And for someone else, making it is, you know, you get paid to do what you love or, you know, you bought a house or you have a secure job or you created a family. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different avenues you could take with that, with that, uh, comment. Um, so when I, so it just, uh, was a lesson learned kind of thing. And, uh, you know, back to the point about being creative creatives is that we don't know what path we're going to take and we don't know what's guaranteed about making it, but with this pandemic, it's even more of like a limbo. Uh, right. the only thing that I want to say, um, cause I know I keep talking about it, but, uh, the only thing I want to say is, uh, it's granted me so much opportunity, um, so many experiences that I don't think I would ever have. And it accelerated uh, all the things that I wanted to do and even allowed me to discover more. And I want to ask you, has the pandemic done that for you as a creative? Um, yeah. I mean, I think the pandemic was, you know, it's not ideal, obviously, in any way. But you know, once you sort of accept the nature of it, that you're going to just accept it, you know, and then you can get to work. I think like, I really love downtime like this because it allows you to sort of reform yourself. Yeah. And then like when things are over, you're going to get the opportunity to present something new, you know? Yeah. For me, you know, that's, that's not only with working out, that's with new films, that's with everything. So the downtime is where you, like, I feel like who I've got this like sort of mindset where it's like, whoever, you know, can really grind it out is going to come out on top, you know, like you got to work when nobody's watching. And if we're working away here, you know what I mean? When we come out, we got our better shot. So like, yeah, but trying to keep that in my head and, you know, using the time where nobody's watching, like we have a lot of time where nobody's watching now, which is sort of weird. Right. So, but like, but it's like using that time to try and, to try and sort of grind away as much as possible. So when you come out, you're in a better spot, whatever that means for you, you know? Exactly. man. And you, you said it, you said it beautifully because that's, that's hundred percent what I would, would agree is, um, you know, there, no one's going to follow your journey. Um, even if you're posting, like no one knows exact, like the, I should mention, you know, I post a lot and you commend me for that, like keeping it consistent. And a mm-hmm. lot of people have lately. Um, you know, obviously I have the time, uh, circumstances that I'm in, but I also don't take it, um, for granted. Um, I use that as best as I can to get my brand out there to get exposure. And like I said, meet me people like yourself, right. That's why we connected. I think I was posting a lot and I remember you like reaching out and saying, Hey man, like, what have you been up to? We should chat, we should catch up. But at the same time, as much as I'm posting, it's not an exact replication of my life. It doesn't show you everything that's happening behind the scenes. It doesn't show you the stresses or the energy or the late nights or the weekends that I'm working, putting out the stuff. Um, you just see uh, one post <laughs> for that day, you know, that took two seconds to post, but you don't see like the amount of time that put into it. And I think it's like, you know, even for yourself, man, like anyone that's a creative, anyone that's putting stuff out there, don't get too caught up you know, what, what they're putting out there and what they're posting, like obviously support them, you know, be inspired by them, but don't let it take away from what you're doing, especially if you know, in your heart, you're working at it. You don't need to post to show that you're doing something. Um, but you also don't need to prove anything. You don't need to prove anything to anyone. Like you're grinding it out. And I'll give you an example. Like Eric, Eric doesn't post as much as he does as much as I do, but he is a hustler. No, I haven't but, posted in years, man. It's I haven't posted in years. You only you only did one post uh, today, which is kind of funny. It was like entrepreneurship. Congratulations again. You finished a, a course on leadership. Yeah, there you go. Okay, I, I was making sure that I didn't read it from someone else. <laughs> Another Eric. Because <laughs> I haven't seen you post in so long, right? So uh, mm-hmm. just want to make sure on that. But yeah, congratulations on that. And my point being is that uh, it doesn't matter because you know, I know that side of you and I know that you hustle and you grind harder than a lot of filmmakers that I know. And, you know, it doesn't need to be always documented, 
uh, it, you just need to know for yourself that you're putting in the time and you're killing it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not trying to, I don't really care that much about per, like posting. You know, you're yeah. brilliant because you're not just posting, but you're promoting, mm. right? Thank you. Thank you. And it's like, there's a big difference, you know, like for me, there's nothing out right now, you know, and I'm just grinding away. And yeah. like, I don't have as acute of a voice as you do in regards to things that I really want to put out there. Right. Right. I'm right. just not, you know what I mean? No, I know. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. But for you, you know, you know, you're promoting the podcast, you're promoting the way you feel you have a brand to promote and your ideals is like, you know, you as Daniel are like tied into the brand, right? So you have to sort of keep that going and, exactly. and the things you sort of feel in the way, like what your brand is based on is so, it's such a sort of like powerful message that you got to sort of keep enforcing it, you know, and you do keep a the dream job. alive, man. Yeah. That's my message, right? And how do you keep the dream alive? You just constantly be promoting, be con- creating, right? You post <laughs> it. Yeah, there you go. Keep posting, bro. You'll die. <laughs> the dream will die. Um, <laughs> No, man, I'm so I'm so happy that's coming across. That's exactly how I want it to come across. I never want it to be a, an annoyance, like, uh, why are you posting this? And like, you know, he's seeking attention. I want it to be more like, first of all, I have a heck of a time doing it as, as exhausting as it could be. Sometimes I really enjoy having these conversations and putting it out there and talking about my artworks and doing my artworks. Like I just, I enjoy it. Like, that's my passion. I love being creative. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I also love the idea of and knowing that I'm inspiring people, yourself, you know, contacts in the industry, people that, again, new friends that I've made because of my posts, uh, film festivals, I should mention, uh, smaller ones, just reaching out and saying like, wow, this is really cool. And, you know, a film festival today, the Roma Short Film Festival was like, it's a festival that I submitted beautiful to. Um, I got an official selection. It, uh, you know, they, they, they uh, replied to one of my podcast uh, clips about uh, the value of branding and i was discussing like giving people marketing tips because my buddy asked me on the podcast right and i i just replied back like you know thank you so much and they're like you're so nice and i'm just like thank like okay uh, you know but they they don't probably people probably don't respond back or they, they don't they ghost but for me it's more like it's just creating a community you know creating a foundation and i studied marketing and i know how vital it is that's probably why you see me so obsessive about posting and, and things like that and i also try to uh, get away from that notion of posting for the sake of it. You know, I, I used to be so caught up like, oh, po- take a picture of me against his hedge and then I'm going to post it, change the filter. Uh, I'm going to say it like, you know, put put a lyric of Drake in the caption. Not that I did. I'm just throwing it and making fun of something. Oh, yeah. yeah, right. But no, I turned it around and I said, no, no, no. In order to get those 94 productions out there, in order to get my vision, my brand, I need to start putting stuff that I want to talk about, that I speak from the heart. And corner talks, for instance, I'll give you an example, like gets average about 10 views, right? I wish it was more, but I also can't complain. I have a lot of people that I'm very grateful for, for viewing it, for supporting it, but I'm not going to change anything about it because everything I say on it is real. I don't script it. I write my notes down, but it's coming from the heart. And I truly believe in my heart. I really, truly believe this, Eric, that if you really are authentic, your audience will find you. And the market will decide if you're meant for bigger and greater things. Um, you can't, you can't mess with that. You can't uh, scam it. You can't buy it. The market will decide. Human beings will decide at the end of the day, not the economics. So I'm just looking forward to that, man. And that's kind of like a goal. That's what keeps me busy. That's what keeps me kind of consistent with my posts is I just seeking my audience, seeking my market, my, my market. And, you know, that's what I, that's why I think it's so important. We have these conversations, buddy, is because, you know, when we get to that level of, you know, we're creating even more, uh, bigger projects, more complex projects. I want the original audience, the audience that's been following us to, to be like 2 million strong, even more, like, you know what I mean? Like that initial kind of market where you can say, I already have a foundation. I already have these people that support it. You know what I mean? And it really helps with funding, with networking and things like that. If they see that people follow your content, your brand as it is, so many people now with, depending on their followers, they get acting roles, they get directing roles. Um, so I think it's so important that we take advantage of marketing nowadays. And like you said, man, you're busy at the moment creating that content, but I know there will be a time naturally uh, because you have that intention of putting your stuff out there and, you know, getting your stories uh, known. Right. Um, and that's the first step is the film festival. Like you were saying, uh, once things hopefully settle down, you can have that opportunity 
uh, getting your cast, your crew, and networking and talking to people that are like-minded. Absolutely. Yeah, man. So a lot of great tips on that. And, you know, I'm happy we have these conversations, you know, especially when it comes to staying creative, staying busy during isolation. I'm always curious, you know, I just genuinely curious, like how are people keeping busy? Cause I know what I'm doing. I'm just curious about well, how are people doing? And I learn from them. Right. But it's really refreshing. And I, and I thank you for saying that I'm not the only one where that strat, like the structure, um, cause as creative, it's like, I, I don't know if people are like, yeah, I just got to take it as it is. Like you got to deal with curveballs. but I like that you get a little bit irritated where it's like, Hey, like if I'm going to do this, I want to work towards like a deadline. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's so, I think it's commendable, man. And, and that's what I mean about having like the artistic side, but you need to have the business side. <laughs> you need to have, have that business acumen. The film business, uh, buddy. The film business, buddy, that. right? Yeah. The film business. I learned it firsthand when I started printing those uh, NDAs. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, so I just want to know uh, also, like, I know we're not God, you know, I know we can't predict what, what's going to happen, but you know, what are your thoughts as creatives? Like, do you, do you think it's going to get better for us? Um, or do you think it's going to be more challenging with between the vaccinations and the pen and the, the lockdowns? Like talking in the next few months, is that what you're asking? Or like next few you- months, or maybe by the end of the year, like how, how do you, where do you see the industry going? Like, do you see it changing or? I don't know, man. It's a great question because it's such a weird, weird spot for, especially for people like us who are like, we're not, you know, working on the big productions in the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, like it's not, it's the industry is in a good spot. If you want to go work on a set, like, you know, a big union set or whatever. Right. A hundred percent. But it's not like it's in the worst spot it's been in a long time. If you're trying to get us something started up, you know, so I don't know. It's a weird place right now because my, mindset for a long time was like hopefully by fall 2021 things will be sort of in a state of somewhat semi-normal that we can go back to being creative without all the hindrances you know are you are you i'll I'll just like boil it down then are you like optimistic at the very least no eh? i don't think we're going to be back to then by not by september anyways yeah 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 by the by the fall 2021 you were saying like predicted yeah I don't know. Every day I get more and more pessimistic yeah. about it, you know, yeah. Yeah. because I don't know. I, I would love to be going in fall and I'm going to be ready to go yeah. when fall comes, whether or not we go or not, that's a different, but my, if you're asking me my, what I personally think, yeah. I'm kind of feeling like hopefully by the end of the year, things will be in a state where, you know, we'll be in a better state. I think the situation's getting worse right now. Yeah, you think it's gonna? We're on the dawn of it getting better, you know, because there's the vaccines and then there's the variants, and sort of like by like putting in the lockdown, we're trying to give the vaccines enough time to get even. Eventually, yeah. Well, eventually, there's gonna be a there. There's gonna be a cutoff, right? And it's gonna be they're gonna push past the threshold. Right now, we're just you know making up for a lot of wasted time or you know delayed time vaccines and all this crap that we have to hear all the time on the news um, with the poor uh the rate of vaccines that are being administered uh the slow rate but um yeah i know what you mean man and that's why i asked that i said that's why i said i know we're not god right is even me if you ask me that question i have no idea uh, i'm optimistic in the sense that i know in my heart um things uh will get better or things will at least just go back to not the way it was before the pandemic but just i mean like life will go on i just know that um call me <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like mature about it. Like eventually that's why you see me working so hard, like trying to build as much as I can in this time is because I know that one day it's going to be like a commonplace of, yeah, everyone's going back to work. Like, what are you doing? Like, or everyone's out of the house or everyone's like doing stuff. Like you, you, you know, the people that are sleeping right now, the people that are just like, now nah, just watching Netflix all day. It's like that rude awakening is coming. Like this pandemic wasn't brutal enough to just shut down the world. Uh, <laughs> they will, it will be back to normal. Very, uh, I don't know very soon, but eventually. And I think it's just important to factor that in. Here's um, a question. Do you think summer, yeah, so, what do you think about summer? Because like last summer such in Ontario, an awkward, I know where we are, it was like the cases got down to almost like a hundred cases. And it was, you know, I think I took that time for granted, but like 
it was like, it was almost as though it was almost a normalized situation in a sense, and we were doing so good. Do you think this summer the cases will go back down or do you think we're going to have to be sort of in this continued battle into the summer? You know, I've been hearing crazy crap, like crazy situations of, you know, the lockdowns uh, might even reach the summer or the cases or it might be, but won't get better till the fall. I don't know. I just read a whole bunch of different articles who knows what's credible anymore, but with my opinion, uh, I think the summer will possibly be, I don't know it'll be a hundred cases a day, but I think it's going to be something like a 500 to a thousand cases a day situation. Uh, it's not going to be crazy out of control. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, people are going to be outside more. It's going to be not going to be in closed areas. Uh, people, you know, will be vaccinated more, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be, we're going to be completely free because I don't think people factor in the fact that, uh, there are those that are still skeptical uh, about the vaccine. There are those that flat out w- will not take it. There are many people that I talk to that I'm even taken back because like their personality, you know, those people that it's like, nah, who cares, whatever about anything else. But it's like, no, nah, no, nah, the vaccine, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not taking it. I don't trust it. Now, again, things might change. Opinions might change. Maybe they'll be forced. I believe that there's a mandatory, there's a, there's a compulsory requirement coming uh whether you like it or not i just know how the government works that they're going to try to find a way to you know what i mean to get everyone vaccinated (laughs) but uh yeah man i just i i don't know it's it's hard to tell man the summer i just i i can see it being much easier than it is now Uh, again personal opinion but i just i I feel it because summer in canada like everyone's out everyone's doing stuff um but i don't think it's going to be like last summer last summer was an anomaly in my opinion i think we took it for way too much for granted i think the whole country got too excited and that's why we're in this situation because i remember shooting in august and we still wore masks we still did protocols uh but i was a bit lenient too like especially when we were outside obviously i'm not going to wear a mask outside but you know i just the the con the proximity it's hard enough as a director you got to like tell your actors how to pose and how to position the frame and things like that but I'm saying now, right? You see how I was talking about two masks. I'm going to keep my distance, bring sanitizers on site. That's because of the dire situation. But last year when I was shooting that short film, it was in my mind, but it wasn't. And I think I just got carried away. I took it for granted. And I was fortunate enough to not, you know, hurt myself or hurt my family when I came home. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't see it being that, that clean I, for the States. Yeah. Maybe the United States, cause they've been accelerating with their vaccines. Uh, but people don't realize, you know, like, cause I know uh, a couple of people that they got vaccinated first dose and they still got it. Obviously they didn't die from it because, you know, thank God for the vaccine, but you can still get it and you can still get severe symptoms and you can pass it on because they ended up passing it to their family members. So that's another entirely different conversation where it's like, just because we're vaccinated, like how, how much are we going to eradicate it? You know? Um, so it's, it's very tough. My biggest thing, man, uh, is I want to get this, these productions that, you know, have life to them out of the way. You know, I want to, I want to get them done because I know how critical it is to organize another shoot, get everyone on board for the next time. You know what I mean? So that's just my kind of mission is the ones that I can do, the ones that I can execute on, especially if they're like a three, four page script. Cause that's the one, by the way, that got canceled. Right. It's like, ah, oh, like I could just, like, if I just, just give me an afternoon, give me a day and I'll do it. And then you don't have to hear from me again. And I'll just edit it while we're in lockdown. You know what I mean? And that's exactly, by the way, what happened with my last short film, uh, Cracked. Well, I shot it last summer uh, in, in August, in the month of August. And then when the second wave came, I was editing it. So when we were in lockdown, I was just editing. We didn't have to do shoot, whatever. So it was perfect timing. So, you know, count, count the blessings. Got to <laughs> pray to the gods. <laughs> I'll just keep on praying. I think that's the strategy for me, and we'll see yeah, how man. see how it goes. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll be fine, man. Like I said, I'm optimistic. I think as long as we're hustling, as long as we have good intentions, um, you know, and as long as we're doing our due dil- due diligence, right? Um, what, what, which, what more can you do? Like the people that get it, or the stories that I've heard, um, I strongly believe because they say it time and again. You won't get it 100 percent if you wear a mask and you properly distance yourself. Right. So it's like these people are that are getting it, these stories that you hear. Uh, maybe there's those situations, like with anything, they touch surfaces or they're not being mindful of the mask. But I really do believe that 
they're close contact or they're not wearing the mask or they're getting a little bit too touchy. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't believe that if you like, think about not one, but two masks. If you're telling me I'm wearing two masks, I could still get it. Knock on one. Right. I don't know. Are you, are you, are, are, do you believe that man? Like if you're rocking two masks? I don't, I'm rocking a solid N95 mask and just stay in the hell away from people. <laughs> He's wearing the gas mask from Chernobyl. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I got my hazmat suit and I'm like, I'm ready to go, dude, you know? There you go. It's the, the end of the world and I'm ready, dude. Eric's like, the next, the next, to be safe, the next few productions are just going to be around Chernobyl. You just suddenly get obsessed. So all the people that show up have to wear the suits like it's the actors exactly too right. you know yeah. what i mean like it's just an excuse to make make content but at the same time <laughs> you're being safe that's what i'm thinking it's yeah. you know i've invested in four you know uh, half a million dollar uh protective <laughs> armor suits that everyone will be wearing in turn on the set uh and it's good it solves all after my this, problems <laughs> after the after <laughs> filmmakers listening to this podcast you hear on the news or like i'm Chernobyl. kidding I'm kidding. Chernobyl, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Chernobyl remakes have been have been uh, go, coming out of control uh, ever since the pandemic. Why is that? Why? Yeah, is you that? know, we put everyone in a hazmat suit. You know, you know, film it. Like, you know, I, I feel like Chernobyl didn't get justice. Like the story that was told. <laughs> they're like, they're like the producer said it was a good idea. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think HBO. You know, they still they they killed it with that show, so no one can touch it. You know. Absolutely, it's a great show. But uh, anyway, man, uh, a great conversation like always. Uh, you know, I'm so happy we had this uh, time to talk. Uh, you know, catch up. A uh, lot going on, man. A lot going on, and uh, it's kind of satisfying in a way. I'll be honest. Like, I'm not the only one going through it. I thought I was like the, the person, like, oh, I shouldn't have pulled that plug. And when you told me, no, we're in the same situation, I'm like, okay, we're the, the film industry. You know what I mean? It's not just we're all we're in this together, as we said from the That's beginning exactly thank you thank you um but we're 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 still planning i don't know if we'll be shooting by the time this thing is published but uh we got some things in the, in our sites um and i think it's just about you know like i said being as long as you're being safe and you're following protocols uh you should be fine you know so uh having said that man um really appreciate this conversation can't wait to do more uh talk about you know just document our journey you know document us filmmakers and our experience with this pandemic, you know, everything that's going on. Yeah, dude, it's been right, my man. pleasure. I'm really excited for the next couple of months, see what they hold for us. And yeah, lots of conversations. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we can get back out there and kill it. Right. But, uh, you know, uh, it's our time will come. That's all I got to say. All right, man. Thank you again. Thank you again, Eric, Tom, Jay for coming on the podcast. Thank you again, everyone for listening and we'll talk soon.